Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Natural Hat Trick with Luke Lipinski, Craig Morgan, and Jamie Eisner. Welcome into episode 214 of the Natural Hat Trick podcast alongside Craig Morgan. Natty Hattie. And Jamie Eisner. I'm under contract with the Leafs just like Mitch Marner. Are you really? Oh, yeah. You. Him and I both. Uh, I'm Luke Lipinski and Mitch Marner is more valuable than you. You realize that. So a lifetime contract on Don Waddell? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Craig, how you doing? You've been gone for a while. I'm good. I'm good. It was we a missed good trip. you. Yeah, very good trip. Productive trip. Well rested. Yeah, it's nice to get out of Arizona once every summer month, which you've been <laughs> doing this summer. Yes, <laughs> this summer it's been great. That uh, that is probably the best way to do it. You want to start with Mitch Marner? You want to start with the Ducks? I brought a couple Ducks. Yeah, you brought your what? Ducks. Can you introduce your Ducks? Because I haven't met your Ducks yet, other than Whoa. Jackie. Can you first tell our listeners? How Jackie got his name? Unless you did that last week while I was uh, we did elsewhere. We, we did do that last we week. Well, I didn't hear it. I so, I'm sorry, I didn't listen to the podcast. You were there when we named Jackie. I don't remember how Jackie. Got you his you name. were in you the hospital room. I don't. I almost feel like now we should ne- in the hospital. <laughs> Thank you for coming back to that. Uh, I almost feel like we should never tell. Craig you birthed that doctor. Luke gave birth to the yes. duck. Is that what oh, you were implying? It wasn't oh. me. No, no. Oh. It was, this was Jim Rutherford all the way. Um, <sighs> I, should we tell Craig or should we just let him? Still shuddering at the what? visual. I kind of like the idea of Craig trying to guess. Craig just never knowing. Yeah. Well, I want to know how Jackie got his name. Is it Jack Johnson? Yes. Yeah, it is. Okay. But it's yeah. also Jackie just sounds like a good Took duck one name. guess. Yeah. Jackie. Uh, well, Jackie the duck. We're never, Especially no. when you say it the way you say yeah, it. Yeah, that's the thing. Jackie the duck. Jackie the duck is here. Where's your duck? Um, okay. Who else do we have we're here? We're not cracking codes here. I, I haven't named this one yet. Let me, let me see the face. Maybe I, it'll come to me. I've been told, this is a mallard. I've been told it's a mallard. A male mallard in flight, no doubt. Um, looks like he's had a rough morning, but you know he's. Well, he's you know, this is the smaller seems to be uh, the case with all the ducks in your household. <laughs> yeah, Jackie Some looks fine. Out proper car seats. Others just get abused. Apparently, I, I really enjoyed walking past the new girl at the front desk who uh, looked at me while I was holding two stuffed ducks, and <laughs> I said, "Hey, how you doing?" And she just kind of looked at me. <laughs> she probably thought you were here with the other PCH kids. They're she not the here today. <laughs> Yes, I, they're probably going to take me out of here, but I'm at least bringing Jackie, and it's, we need to name this duck. It's too bad that they trade him, because it could be Mata the Mallard, but... Yeah. I, I'm confident... Now, now when Mata struggles a little bit with the bell... Yeah, Mata's really crossed over. I feel over. like Jamie should just ring the bell for me now. <laughs> Mata has crossed Craig's over too from, good for the bell. From, from duck to bell. Oh, Craig taking the bell back. This is a power move. It is. All right. So anyway, Jamie did keep the bell safe along with my forgotten water bottle. So thanks for that. It's true. The uh, the other, how'd you go on that whole trip without your water bottle? I don't know, man. It was rough. Did you drink any water the whole time? Well, 
Yeah, I found sources. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I thought that was solidarity. Of water. Just ran, it goes to random houses. And Madison has a lot of lakes. Yeah. Craig was just drinking Drink out, out of the a, hose. a creek. Was, yeah. Kind of awkward when people would see me lapping water from yep. <laughs> Lake Mendota. But no, that it doesn't matter. He doesn't live there. That wouldn't be awkward at all. Yeah, that's true. One of those people ever Yeah, they're never going to see, gonna see again. Craig again. That's Absolutely. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's, let's start with Mitch Marner going to Zurich. Well, that's... Not a done deal yet, it's, it's but possible. He has said that he will not participate in training camp without a contract, and now he's talking about at least training with Zurich. Did, did another Maple Leaf play in Zurich? I'm, I'm trying to remember. I, mean, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Where he got this idea? The issue here, um, one of many. <laughs> I was going to say the issue yeah. is he's not going to play games for Zurich. Why would you? They're not going to pay him what the Leafs would pay him. So you're not going to. So you're going to go play overseas at a third of what you would make in the NHL. The difference with Austin Matthews is his option was to go make a stipend yeah. versus go actually get a full-time salary as a professional. That's not the deal with Mitch Marner here. So he can go train where, wherever he wants to train, but he's not playing a single game that's not in the NHL next Does year. Does anyone believe this is leverage? Is anyone no, calling no. for this? No. It's so transparent. I like that he's training somewhere. Yeah, he I should guess. be training. Like, that's rather, a good idea. Yeah. But do you but, need to go to Switzerland yeah, to do it's, it? It's like, I mean, I won't even drive if the gym's more than 10 minutes away. He's literally flying to the other side of the planet to train. So that's... Albeit a, a nice part of yeah. the planet, but... But no, yeah. this, this is not leverage. He's not playing. Well, what are they going to pay him if he were to play there? It would be great if they somehow beat what the Leafs could offer. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> it's not like going to happen. Thirteen million a year. You know what happens if he got hurt? Like it's not going to happen. He's not playing under on zero point five games. He plays for anything that's not the Toronto Maple Leafs next year. Does this just wait until Clarkson and Horton go on LTIR and they have almost eleven million freed up? Is that what's happening here? Is that what's going to happen? I, it has to be right. Yeah. yeah. I don't understand why these other RFA's around the league aren't signed with rookie camp starting and. Two-ish weeks, depending yeah, I, on the team. You know, uh, Craig Custins did a good piece on this, actually, recently at The Athletic. You should just get a drop of that, so I don't even have to say it. I anymore. have one. You do. Most Thank of the podcasts you. are just you saying that over and okay. over again. It's, it's never, <laughs> <laughs> the podcast is one big drop. But it, it's almost like you don't want to be the first guy to sign, and then somebody gets more, and you have that regret. Yeah. You know? Who's that? I need a few to? dominoes to fall here. I uh, need something. To NFL something draft, happens. NFL draft style. Like I got to see what the guy one slot above and below me got to kind yeah. of figure out what my salary should be. I was talking to uh, Jamie's friend Matt Lehman and uh, Rick Morin yesterday at D-backs game. We decided Rick that Morin, who apparently is no one's friend because you didn't. He's uh, Brandon Tanev. He's, he's, he's everybody. He does like Brandon Tanev. We decided that Brendan Perlini is probably going to set the market, and that's who everybody's waiting for. Ah, in the RFA yeah, market. And you know, when you think about it, it makes so little sense that your head explodes, and all of a sudden everything makes sense. Mm. I don't understand why we... I, I don't remember a time when we've gotten to this point in the summer, which is almost not the summer anymore, and so many key players are not signed. I'm sure they'll just get signed. But sure, because we'll have a real deadline, and that's, yeah. that's when action occurs yeah. in the NHL, when we actually have a deadline. Yeah. You know who didn't have these RFA problems? No. The Coyotes. Ah, look at they that. They got all their guys signed. That's right. Now, they wish they had somebody of this caliber that they had to worry about, but Sure. sure. But yes, but this is a dawning of Way a new put a damper on it, Jamie. Well, dawning of uh, of a new era that you were going to sing. Oh. Wow! Don't. This don't. is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. That was horrible. No, I'm but you're going to keep it. I'm that's sure that's you're going to keep it. Open emphasize. It's going to be the open and the close to the show. I don't even, who sings that song? Is that from you? Like, yeah, or something? I, I don't know. Or, uh, I don't know. Shazam! Godspell or one of those. It's, 
crazy hippie musicals. Those, those sound like made-up names, but sure. Those are musicals. Come uh, on. Those are successful musicals, yeah, Jamie. That's true. You I'm know, bit, you need to broaden your horizons beyond your own generation. It's not like civilization began when you were born, Jamie. Jamie doesn't even know what's going on in his generation. Yeah, so he's got to start there first. It doesn't like revolve around me. I don't understand okay. this. But this is a dawning of a new... where that voice came from. I... <laughs> <laughs> this is who are you? I want I this to be a new segment where Craig teaches us about musicals. Yes, okay. just everybody. Just new musical, which, by the way, I hate. Good. If someone suggests I go to a musical, yeah, no, I'll find any other activity. So you hate watch musicals because you I obviously know about them. I can't watch musicals. You well, just I was subject, subjected to musicals when I was younger. Mm. That makes it sound like your eyes were taped open and you mm. had to watch Rent. It's not nonsense. Close that. to that. I don't want to throw my parents under the bus. But, but. Put it this way, okay. he's. he's Decided to spend time with us and cook us dinner rather than go see The Lion King. Oh, see, that's, that's true. Like right if that says right? anything, like, and he hates us. Presented with two horrible options, he took. Yeah, the he lesser. took us. Wow, is The Lion King that bad? I haven't seen it. Yet. It's I not. Seen it's, it. I wouldn't be able to tell you. It's not great. Oh, okay. Sanitized, emotionless. But this is not the. Lays Why are you my, talking about my yourself? My wife and kids went and saw that too. <laughs> you think course, I? You think I would out. like it? But the opposite yeah. attract. Sanitized uh, and emotionless uh, is. Just hurt, I don't, I don't get musicals. It's hurtful but not untrue. Why don't you just say what you're saying? Why It'd be a lot easier, it? right? Especially when it's, it's Hugh Jackman dramatic. who can't sing anyway. So why, Hugh Jackman why is, can't sing. Why, he's like in two musicals now. He's why? on like a musical tour. He can't sing. I don't know where to go from here. I, I really don't. Let's know. do the hard transition back to the new dawn. No, a dawning of a new era in oh, the yeah, NHL because these RFA's are now starting to actually get their money. For a long time, we dealt with bridge deals, or these players were being underpaid at this point, or they were being held in juniors for all three years and not making the impact as they making an impact right away as teenagers. We're not seeing that anymore. This is a younger game. We are seeing players come into the NHL quicker, succeed quicker in this faster game, and players are not going to take two or three year bridge deals when they're performing in their early 20s. Right. They, are, they want these long-term deals, they want max deals, and they want them now. And this is something that the NHL is and has to adjust to, which I think is the biggest reason why we're still waiting, because this is kind of new ground. We haven't seen a lot of this. You would see a player here or there like a P.K. Subban, but even he signed a bridge deal that turned out to backfire on Montreal. We haven't seen this where you have an influx of handfuls of really strong players in their early 20s that are saying, no, I want to be locked up for the next seven to eight years, not the next two to three. When I spoke to John Chaika about this, is as he said, I, it wasn't like I was being clairvoyant or something, but you could see this large group of high-end RFAs all coming due at the same time. So there was probably a good chance there was going to be a logjam. Now, you can definitely look at the deals that the Coyotes handed uh, Jacob Chikrin, Christian Dvorak, and Nick Schmaltz and say there's risk involved in theirs. Of course, there's risk involved in any deal you sign. Um, these guys have had injury issues, and they haven't become consistent producers yet in the NHL. But his point was the longer we waited, we felt it was going to get more expensive. So there was there was a give and take. Uh, we felt it was a good deal for both sides. You've got these guys locked up. You think that they're core pieces. And again, as I mentioned in a story I just wrote, two of these guys are centers and one's a defenseman. These are premium positions again. Yeah. So you're locking up what you think are key parts of your future at what you think are going to be reasonable deals. We talked about this before. I think most people look at Jacob Chikrin's deal and think that that's probably going to work out. The The bigger question marks are Schmaltz and Dvorak, but they're paid like second and third line centers if you look at their AAVs. So if that's where they slot in, you're going to feel pretty good about these deals in a year or two. And, and we've talked about this before, but that's the risk you take when, again, this is these deals were all signed pre-Alex Morello. 
when you're not sure if you're going to be a team that's going to spend to the point where you can spend your way out of mistakes. And if you wait, if Nick Schmaltz comes in and plays a healthy full season and scores 70 points, you're not signing him to a $5.85 million contract. It's not happening. Yeah, that well, look, that look offer is off the table. If Chikrin, I mean, they still think he can be a number one defenseman. He's still extremely young. He's 21. If he becomes a number one defenseman in let's say three years. Yeah, you're talking about a Duncan Keith-style deal here, right? You yeah, still got him like, for oh three God. more years after yeah. that for $4.6 million a year. I mean, yes, there's risk. And with him, I think more so than anything else, it's the injuries. Because well, yes. even if he's not a number one pairing defenseman, if he becomes a number two pairing defenseman, that's still not a terrible deal. He's going to see time on the power play, too, yes. especially this season. They're going to use him more on the power play. He's going to get a lot of opportunity this year. And I'm not saying they're the same player, but imagine if they would have done a deal like this a few years back with Oliver ekman Larson when he was 21. And imagine if Oliver Ekman Larson right now was making four point six million. They did not have Oliver say, on a pretty good deal though for did. a while. But but you can look at the, and again. I'm not saying Jacob Chikrin's going to be Oliver Ekman Larson, but I'm saying look at that what that deal would have been. Now that Ekman Larson's twenty eight, well, you're having to pay that guy eight point two million. Yeah. If you didn't sign Chikrin, or you only signed him to a two or three year deal, and he becomes that top pairing defenseman or second pairing defenseman that is on every first unit power play, that salary goes up what two two and a half maybe three million more dollars at that point. Yeah. The biggest risk, I don't even want to say risk, but the biggest wild card here is Schmaltz because you're obviously you're paying him the most. And the more I think about this season, the more a lot of it hinges on him. I mean, it hinges on goaltending and defense always, and that's fine, but they, they're pretty stable in those areas. A lot of talk about Phil Kessel and not enough talk about how important Nick Schmaltz is to the success of this team. Schmaltz, I agree completely. Yeah, maybe is not. I don't want to say more important. You just traded Galchenyuk and, and one of your higher-end uh, defensive prospects for Phil Kessel, and there's high expectations for Kessel, but I just feel like... Kessel's here to kind of push you over the top and get you in the playoffs, but you need Nick Schmaltz. You need a full season of Nick Schmaltz. You need, what, 75 games from him, I would say? Yeah, he can miss yeah. a couple, but you need 75 games. And 65-plus points, don't you? Yeah. Absolutely. You and, really and do. It goes back to the point we talked about on the last show of players that mean the most to the Coyotes in terms of making this jump next year to being a playoff team. Right behind maybe a guy like Barrett Hayton is Nick Schmaltz, of guys that are just the biggest difference makers from last year to this year. Obviously, it, staying healthy is the biggest one, but... Those are the guys that can make that jump for you. And, and yes, Phil Kessel is going to help, and Phil Kessel might play with Nick Schmaltz, and th- those guys might be able to help each other at times. But down the middle is so important. We've said this on the show so much. Down the middle is where you can make the difference. And if Nick Schmaltz plays a full season at somewhere near the level that he played in the brief time with the Coyotes, mm-hmm. I don't expect him to be a point-per-game guy over a full season. But if he can be that 65-point guy, if Barrett Hayton can give you middle six production— even lower end middle six production, all of a sudden it becomes a lot more exciting team up front. So, who, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I, just, my, I have a hypothetical question. I'm just, to, to underscore what you said about how important it is to have depth and production up the middle, when's the last time this franchise had it? No, Never. we're going. America West Arena days. Yeah. yeah. Seriously, yeah. they Not haven't had it in yeah. Glendale. Even when they went to the Western Conference final, their best center was Martin Hansel, who is probably. A number three center, maybe a number two center. Yeah, but on a really good team, a number three center. Yeah, that's crazy. It's it, yeah. This could be the dawning of a new era, and then Craig can sing again. But <laughs> I don't. I can just reinsert that drop. We don't need to hear that. You guys need to research the song Aquarius. I don't think I do, based on what I just heard. Uh, <laughs> um, so then, that's who fair. who are the five? Not in any particular order, but just off the top of your head, who are the five most important Coyotes this season? 
We already said Schmaltz. Okay. Uh, uh, all, Oliver, obviously. Well, yeah. Do we are we throwing the goaltending in together? I mean, how do, how do you parse that? Because well, that's an interesting I, question. I think it's, it's like, going to be more of a split. I'd still. I mean, I still think Antti Ranta is your number one. Okay. And if they make the playoffs, I think he'll be the guy you go to war with. That could change, of course. Yeah. If, depending on play, yeah. but I'd put him in that mix. I'd put Oliver in that mix. Nick Schmaltz, Phil Castle, Clayton Keller. You say Keller over Hayton. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, if expect we're too about, much from Hayton this season. Yeah, if we're talking overall for the team, this is. Uh, I guess between, I meant. I meant, I meant like big picture, but yeah, okay. But you know, you're right. The way I said it was, yeah. was more so for this year. So okay, yeah. And yeah. also, that song is sung by the Fifth Dimension. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. <laughs> I don't really know where to go from there. Uh, we got a lot of uh, listener questions on the Coyotes, so we'll get back to them in a little bit. Did just, you want, you just want to the, talk about what the RFA's are going to look like, though? For the Coyotes? You mean the, the the ones coming up? Yeah. that That's going to be interesting to watch. And, and list, list shameless plug for the neutral zone that I just wrote, not for what I wrote, but it's mostly just because of John Chaika's thoughts. He had a lot of thoughts on this topic, both on what they did with those previous three guys on the market right now and then on the, the three guys that are coming due, uh, Clayton Keller, Christian Fisher, and why am I blanking? Vinny. Vinny Hinestrosa, yes. Not Vinny. to mention Ilya Labushkin. There's some other guys, but th- those are the three key guys. Yeah, but, Vinny uh, Hinestrosa. All wings, by the way. So keep that in mind. But Clayton Keller, at least a part of their core for the future. Yeah, he's a cut above the other guys. Yes. I, mean, I mean, Fisher, we're gonna, we'll see if Fisher bounces back this year. But Fisher, Hinestrosa, you look at those guys as middle six guys. Labushkin, probably third pairing, at least at this stage of his career defenseman. I mean, Clayton Keller is the one that's going to be the fascinating number. And we, we actually, Luke and I talked a lot about Clayton Keller on the last show and what we think his potential is and what we need to see from him this year. But, I mean, look, I, I said I think he has the potential in his prime, not this year, but in his prime, he could be a 90-point player. But he has to show that he's going to care every time he's on the ice, every single game he's on the ice, and play with other offensive players. And we haven't seen Clayton Keller play 82 games of hockey that I think he cared about. I just I, he's been very lazy at times. There are games where I feel like he's taken large portions of them off, and he is too skilled and too talented to continue to do that. And you hope that now that he the league is adjusted to him in his sophomore year, maybe that's a wake up call. Big contract year too. Absolutely, that's, that's interesting. Like, is how much is this upcoming season going to determine his contract? A lot. Oh, oh huge. Because probably we, more so if, than the if other. If he two repeats guys. the season he just has now, that costs him at least three million dollars. I don't. I minimum. If he repeats the season, he just I had. can't minimum. believe he repeats minimum. that season. I, I really. Well, because if he does, then there's a problem. Because there's more offensive talent on this team right now. He had less goals he than Hinnestrosa last year. I mean, I understand that we're not going to pay Hinnestrosa more than He got humbled last year. He did. That's, you know what? that's Look, what we talked about a lot last week, because somebody asked to compare 21. Nathan McKinnon and Clayton Keller. Yeah. And not, not them as players, career, but more the career arcs. And what we kind of came down to, Jamie just said it, that he thinks Keller has the potential to hit 90 points. Not this year. Prime, but yes. To me, with Keller, he's so good at seeing the ice, passing the puck, and making plays, but there are so many areas of the game he just doesn't touch, that he has to be anything mm-hmm. that's like mm-hmm. a swing area, because he's not going to give you anything defensively, and he's not going to go into the corner, he's not going to fight for the puck, so he's got to be elite at those other areas, and he shows flashes of it, but he doesn't do it consistently, and so, to me, given the year he just had, and what you just said, Rick Tockett said, this has to be the bounce back year, like, this should be the year that sets his career in the right direction. Where do you play him this season? If you already you already know Rick Tockett wants to at least try Nick Schmaltz and Phil Kessel together, I don't think you can put Keller on that line. You need a guy to do the work, a guy like a Lawson Krause, who I think will get a look with those yeah. guys. I, I so like if, that. If Keller's playing with Stepan, I, I don't know who the other wing is at this point, but 
is is the production level possible? I mean, he had some success with Stepan yeah. two years ago. If Stepan, is, yeah, if Stepan's the player he was a couple years ago, but Stepan is a better passer than I think people give him credit for. And he he will fight for the puck in the corners. So I mean, I, he will go dig the puck out of yes, the corner and get it to Keller. So responsible, but defensively you do too, need yeah. somebody on that line that's going to shoot. I know Keller can shoot, but will he shoot? My biggest, my thing with Keller is not his end of the season numbers. I mean, they have to be higher than 14 goals and 47 points. That's not anywhere near elite. That's like not even the top 200 in scoring, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's more that it's consistent and spread out. I don't want to see, hey, I had 60 points and 25 of them came in October and I disappeared for the next yeah. three Brian months. Brian Savage? <laughs> yes. So I don't know. I, as far as who you're playing him with, I like that idea of Kraus, uh, Lawson Kraus and Schmaltz and Kessel together. With Keller, the way I would handle it, I'm starting the season as if he's still the guy I'm running my offense through. But I'm not giving him like a thousand chances like they did last year. I mean, there were games where guys got sat that were playing better than Keller, yeah. and Keller never got sat. Now, I'm not saying you have to sit Keller. He, to me, he starts on the first line. He's If you're going to have success this year, it runs. it starts with him. But if he's not delivering for like weeks at a time, he moves down the lineup. He's not immune to it. Nobody else in the team is immune no. to it. And you look, you put him in position to succeed. You give him a lot of offensive zone starts. He's going to play a ton on the power play. I mean, you give him every opportunity to succeed with his talent level. And if he doesn't do it, or if he is not playing up to what the other guys are doing, then you got to work from there. But he, look... It, you can't turn him into a two-way player. He's just not going to do it. It's not his skill set. He needs either. to be more responsible. He needs yeah, to. He needs to try. To yeah, yeah. There were there I'm were sorry. So many times. I agree. He needs were, to try. I saw times where he was lazy defensively. He looks he's, like he's fencing, where yes. he just jabs at yes. the, the player. When he's a he's a better player than he's appeared on the ice in a lot of times. Last he, year, he needs to put the effort in, and he can. He look. He's 21. It's not like he's been in the league a long time, but effort doesn't take much skill. He's got plenty of skill. Can he put in the effort? And I think that even doing that a little bit would probably help keep him more engaged and change his game a lot more. I want to ask you, you, you would you play him on the first line then? Because right now I don't I don't see that as a fit. Yeah, maybe not first line, but just more so. I, I don't know what the way to, to describe it would be. I, I would still minutes. give him the most minutes to start off. I would still, I mean, he's going to be on the power play a lot. But... Okay. But he needs to produce. Let, let's talk about that, too, because what what Rick Tockett knows he's going to do on the power play at this point is he's going to have Kessel on his off wing on the half wall. Yeah. Nick Schmaltz is going to be on the other half wall. OAL is going to be up top. Yeah. Now, they want to they wanna take advantage of Jacob Chikrin's shot, so he's they're going to do some creative things. So that's going to be a, an interesting thing to watch in, in camp, actually, all the experimentation with Phil Housley coming in and running the power play. Where does Clayton Keller fit on that personnel group? Who's giving you net front, first of all? If you've well, got those two guys working the half wall and OEL up top, Clayton Keller's not a net front guy. No. So how do you fit him into that mix? I'm, I'm really curious how they work this personnel group. It, that is an interesting point. I mean, I think ideal world, you would love Christian Fisher to be that guy, but can he step up to that role? I would love Christian Fisher in front of the net there. I mean, that, that would be... Fisher or be, Kraus, honestly. Kraus, Kraus yeah, too. Kraus, I, think, I might give Soderberg a look yeah, there, yeah, too. He's a big yeah. guy. Uh, that that position that that job is vacant right now, as far it's, as I'm concerned. The net front presence still a weakness on this team, isn't it? Until somebody establishes themselves, you know, we we talked a lot last season about how much they missed Schmaltz when he went out running the the power play from the half wall, and they did. But Rick Tockett kept pointing back to the net front, too, and saying that's as big a weakness as the half wall work. Right now, we don't have that guy with the hands in front yeah. that can give us that. And when you look at their roster right now, there are candidates, but somebody needs to step up and actually prove they can 
succeed in that role. It can't be Connor Garland. Like he's not supposed to be the guy that goes to the yeah, net. And it takes can't be Clayton Keller either. Either. So no. again, how does Keller fit on the power play? It's it's going to be such an interesting season for him, not just because of the fact that he's an RFA coming up, but also because of what he's trying. He has to bounce back from last year. Like he has to play with some attitude this year and really bounce back. But I, I think that we're at the point where you're not giving him minutes or constantly starting him in the offensive zone or gifting him power play minutes based on what you think he can do. This is year three. He actually has to do it. And he mm-hmm. did it in year one, but mm-hmm. he actually has to do it because he... Mm-hmm. Did, I mean, if they had gotten anything from him last year, they would have made the playoffs. He, he should yeah. lead the team in points this if year. He, if he had the same season as he had his rookie season, they were in the playoffs. Or if he just yeah. did anything in the second or, half or for the Toby season. Reader had given them anything. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Toby, it's but, Toby Reader's fault that all 15 teams that missed the playoffs missed the playoffs yeah, last I agree. year somehow. Clayton Keller should lead this team in points. Period. Yes. End of story. Over Phil Kessel. Not goals. No, but points. If he doesn't, and he's out there. I'd be okay if Nick Schmaltz led this team in points, too. I would be okay, but, but I, I think in terms of Keller's most likely. He, what he did his rookie season should be the standard yes. for him going forward and build on that. Yeah. you got to be a 60, 65-point guy. He needs to remember last season when at times but also kind of just put it out of his mind you know what i mean like it needs it needs to give him a chip on the shoulder and it needs to be a driving force but at the end of the year we need to we need to all be able to look back and say oh yeah year two he just didn't play that year well, let's look, just forget coming that off of last season coming into a contract year if he doesn't perform this year that's a massive red flag for me i'm sorry that's a massive red flag you got you showed you could have potential got humbled now you're playing for a contract if all that together with more talent on your team and a team that might have playoff aspirations if you can't perform under that setting, that's that's a concern. I'm not saying you move on. I'm just saying that's a massive red flag. And he's a wing. Do you think he can be more of a shooter than he is? I, I still think he's more of a playmaker than he is a shooter. Some people will go and say, oh, he should be a shooter. Well, I, I don't think so. But if, you, if you're playing on a line with Derek Stepan, Who's the shooter on the I, line? I don't know. How are you getting points? Who I are you feeding? He can't. I do think Keller has a better shot. You know what? I honestly he can, but is this this becomes a little bit of like not the same players, but I'm just saying stylistically, like Max Domi, where yes, he's got a good shot, but that's not the game that he tends to succeed in. He tends to be a setup guy, and yep. that is my concern. If he is if he's not playing on that top line, which again I think would be a dis- such a disaster defensively that I don't know if you want to do that. But if you put him on that second line, like Stepan's not a shooter either. Like he can, but but, he's but not, it worked that's not his with Stepan. I mean, Keller played with Stepan a lot his rookie year, and the thing that Keller did better, I thought, in his rookie year was it, it just felt like he had something to prove his rookie year. And last year, he he was playing like he thought he was already in the Hall of Fame at times. His rookie year, he would go to the net, and it wasn't like I'm going to go to the net and get beat up. But like, hey, there's a loose puck, I can get in there quickly yeah. and be smart and put it in the net. I don't. He scored a lot of goals from in close his rookie year. Yeah, he can't be as perimeter as he was last season. I agree with that. Yeah, so we'll see. And to put that in context, he was 129th in the NHL in points last year. It feels like this team could use one more shooting wing, though, doesn't it? Oh, well, yeah. they definitely, they definitely could. Yeah. I don't know where you get him now. Um, and it's not really like there was a ton available no. that they passed on. No, I, I didn't have a problem with what they did. Free agency. It was weird. More often than not, it's money ill-spent. Well, we all thought that they were going to be able, or somebody was going to be able to exploit Toronto or somebody like that that was up against the cap or Tampa, and then Carolina and Ottawa went through and just bailed those teams out. Yeah. So, good for them. Uh, the Islanders signed Derek Broussard, one-year deal. I, okay. I, I We've talked about this on the show in the past. I think Derek Broussard is better than what he's shown in the last year and a half because he's bounced around way too much. That's the deal to do, right? You do a one-year prove-it deal. Yep. Yeah. Okay, it's low risk. Show me something. I love that signing. Yeah, yeah. me too. Um, he was a really good player like two and a half years yeah, ago. And I don't even know if it's even that long. Like, it hasn't been that long. He did a poor year last year, but... 
he when he went to Pittsburgh, he didn't fit because they were basically shoving him down to the third line. Yeah, and then they wanted him to be Nick Benino when he just couldn't he play is, that role. He is not Nick Benino, but I mean, he does a lot of things well that even that Benino doesn't do well. But then he went to Florida, and Florida clearly just viewed him as an asset to send him to Colorado. He if he settles in and plays on the Islanders for two years, I think he's going to be somebody that's there for a while. So. Uh, Jim Benning, three-year extension. This is the Jamie Eisner segment of the show. I, I, I don't yes. get it. I don't get it. I don't know what. I mean, aside from drafting what Patterson. I mean, I, I Besser. I mean, but yeah, Patterson and Besser. I mean, so Hughes. How do you how do you deal with this strong drafting, but poor cap management spending and free agency? Split like, the job into two GMs, right? I don't know. Like, like how do you how do you when you, how do you evaluate somebody in that specific role? Because I mean, we have seen that in sports where there are sometimes GMs have success in one of those areas and not the other. You know, you look, look back at you know some of maybe the the Don Maloney era where there was times where he made a lot of great trades, but you look at the drafting and it, it, well, it wasn't great. So, so bring Maloney in. So and then like, you have Maloney and, and Jim Benning working together. So how do, how do you? I mean, they're both you know they're both parts of the job. I, I just I don't I don't like what the, the Canucks are doing. I just don't like what they're doing, particularly on their blue line. Which You're is more down a on the Canucks than I am. I, I well, let me be clear. I don't like what the Canucks are doing either. But to get Brock Besser with the 23rd pick, uh, I don't know what happened to Ole Uolevi. Did he? What? Where is he? Uh, he should he should be a guy that plays this but year. But to I get Pedersen at five, to get Quinn Hughes, I mean that's seven. I mean, Hughes is another guy that they're really high on. So yeah, we'll see what he brings. And I even mean, Puck goals in the ten. I thought this year. I mean, you're not going to see him for a while. But that I thought that was a pretty. That's not really skill. That's hey, this guy fell to you at ten. But still, that's a guy that that has potential to be a top three player from this draft. But Besser at twenty three. That's a smart pick. Yeah. Anybody else come out of that draft? Twenty fifteen. <sighs> What did we set the over-under on Hall of Famers in that draft? Four and a half? And now do Coyotes Hall of Famers in that draft. Well, they have a lot of players from that draft. Well, don't show them. first round well, picks? Don't show them. We'll go to the, well, they had. We'll go to the Hall of Fame just for the Blackhawks. Uh, no, not for the Blackhawks. They'll, once he gets too good, they'll move him for something. He'll go to the Hall of Fame as like a Carolina Hurricane. I, I don't know that's if you've heard, the Luke, he's, he's already a 70-point uh, oh. player. I don't know if you've heard this. It's already been decided. Then he's going to get traded cast. sooner. Oh. Yeah, well, that's, that's it. So. Blackhawks win the trade. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to ring that bell? <laughs> Thatcher Demko, that's a name I haven't heard in like yeah, 15 Thatcher years. Yeah, they, oh. they have Michael DiPietro, too. I mean, they, they've got <laughs> oh, like... Wow. I, I, it's it's so weird because... Roberto Luongo, they're still paying the, him, too. Oh, yeah. The young, the young players on this team are really exciting. And then there's just like, oh, yeah, they signed Louis Erickson to a dumb deal. And, oh, yeah, they signed Antoine Roussel to a dumb deal. And, oh, yeah, they signed Jay Beagle, Jay Beagle. to a dumb deal. <laughs> oh, yeah, they signed Tyler Myers to a dumb deal. Oh, yeah, they signed – I mean, like – like Wow. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> it took a little bit for him to get uncorked, and now it, now it's flowing freely. Like, it's such a weird team. <laughs> when that New York accent comes about. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's such a weird – what it is, really. Yeah. It's, a, it's such a weird team. flipped in his head. <laughs> Like this team's gonna, this, I feel like this team's going to be an 80-point team in perpetuity. Yeah. Like they're, go like go they're, pull on New York. Here. Come on. Just do it. Uh, embrace. Embrace. They ain't going to get their head above water. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, All right. Wow, look at that. We got Brandon Sutter for two years. Are you excited about that? Mm. They do draft well. Tanner Pearson, too. They, they take players that don't work for Pittsburgh, which, um, well, that's an interesting strategy to, to employ. How about uh, Bill Guerin? Billy Garrett in Minnesota. Billy Billy Garrett. Billy Billy Garrett. Billy calls him Billy. Won a cup with the Penguins. Not Peter Chiarelli. I like the fact that the Wild weren't scared off by a failed experiment with a guy who didn't have actual GM experience. A lot of assistant GM experience, but hadn't been a GM and 
he was a disaster, obviously. Yes. <laughs> As Mike Rousseau detailed so eloquently, <laughs> that was just that was an unbelievably <laughs> eye-popping piece to read, wasn't As it? As he frequently uh, does. Rousseau is unbelievable. Yeah, he's awesome. But uh, Billy Guerin, again, he doesn't have he, – he's ha- he has the assistant GM experience and a lot of it – you know, it, it looked for a while like they weren't going to go back to a rookie GM after that disaster. But it, it's kind of silly when you think about it. Oh, this one guy failed, so that proves that we can't do rookie All GM. All rookies right? are the That's same. exactly yes. silly. <laughs> this guy's well-respected. He is definitely a communicator and a people person, which is something the other guy was not. So maybe that was part of this hire, you know, just a reaction to, whoa, we can't do that again. How does he feel about lizards? Good question. I, I doubt that came up in the interview. It, it probably it should, should have. have yes. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to see a reality show where Russo and Bill Guerin hang out and just wander around the city and do things. It'd probably happen, actually. Just suggest it to Russo. He can make it happen. That, that could be an interesting I, I, We have no idea what kind of GM Billy Guerin is going to be, but... Better than Chiarelli, you can just say it. Probably better than probably Paul better. Fenton, too. So. But, but what, do you, what do you do with this team right now? Like, <laughs> it's, you're question. stuck in between because I don't believe that they're fully accepting a rebuild here. Okay. I was going to say in between what? In I mean, between actually rebuild. They're not rebu- a playoff well, team. No, so. but no, no. But this is, but this is <laughs> like the Canucks from three years ago where you, everybody knows you're not the a playoff team. The Canucks from three years ago are still the Canucks I from know, now. I know. Everybody knows you're not a playoff team. That's but, true. Just substitute Suter and... Uh, uh, Zach Parisi for the two Sedins. Yes, we're yeah. just stuck with these contracts for a long time. So the difference is Minnesota doesn't have a Brock Besser or an Elias Pettersson. Well, and, and the difference is I don't know if, if their organization's ready to tear everything down. They should be at this point, but they're not going to. Yeah. So, is there a long term vision here for Billy Guerin? Of are they going to more like are they going to give him five plus years? I hope they. And that's a great point, Jamie. That might be the best point you've ever made on or off this podcast. I really, if I'm Bill Garrett, moment. I'm hoping, uh, no, I'll delete it. 10.56 a.m. August 22nd. I'll be editing all of this out. Uh, I hope that, I hope, if I'm Bill Guerin, I hope they said, hey, look, um, we're probably one of the worst teams in the Western Conference. Realistically, Minnesota, Minnesota has the possibility to be the worst team in the West this year. Like, I don't think they are going into the season, but they could bottom out. So if I'm Bill Guerin and I'm taking over and this is my chance to prove I can be a GM, I want to know if I have to make moves this season, let me make them. I mean, we've seen teams in other leagues Look how quickly New York rebuilt. Yeah, that was crazy to watch. And, and I know that's the extreme, but if you got to make moves, and, and Minnesota's not going to get an Artemi Panarin, and obviously or New York got and they the can't benefit. Move those contracts. Well, no, right? you've got yeah. fifteen plus million wrapped up in Parise and Suter, who are both in their mid thirties. And you're saying that's bad. I'm, I'm saying that's not good. <laughs> okay, uh, but they got Matt Zuccarello. They do so. And Jason lizard. Zucker, who lizard, they've been trying the to train. The lizard thing that brought him in. Yeah, I'm always going to think of a lizard now when I see Matt Zuccarello. Yeah. Not even his fault. They should pretty much be his nickname now, shouldn't it? The lizard. The lizard. The lizard king. Hey, they could hey. play the, the Jim Morrison. Are you, you going to sing again? As long as they don't play Aquarius. You probably don't know that song either, do you? Uh, Jim Morrison's The Doors. I mean, everybody knows The Doors. You know the song I'm talking about? Uh, nah, not so much. It's okay. a weird song, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, play, it's The Doors. I mean, start with the fact that he mentions the lizard king, and yes, it's probably a weird song. Um, that will be the name probably on something of this show is the lizard song fairly confident also they might have missed out on the number two pick this year but apparently they have somebody in their system named capo kakinen oh well uh, it's almost like having that same guy (laughs) almost like that winger yeah i mean i'm sure he'll produce at least 10 percent of what capo kako produces zach parisi and ryan Suter are signed for six seasons more each six more seasons so when parisi is 41 and Suter's 40 That's crazy. Those were full no moves. Oof. Um, Oof. 
I'm a little disappointed though. Chiarelli's not there running the wild because that would. I mean, I like Bill Guerin. Like I said, he was huge in the Penguins winning that cup in 2009. But now Minnesota's going to disappear back to just being boring for me. Right. They'll hire him in Ottawa in another year. Well, that's an interesting segue because I have try. this this story that I haven't read yet. I'm just going to read it live on the okay. air. Three questions for the Senators in 2019-20. Oh, okay. This That's is going to be all sorts of fun. I, I have more than that, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wish everybody could see Craig's face, because I can't tell if you're excited or uh, the, the, miserable. The, the canvas is wide open here. It's, it's okay. blank right now. Uh, there's so many things I could ask. The, if who, who, are, who are the questions being posed to? Uh, I think they... I think what we, we talk to the other world. We should just we should ask our questions because I'm guessing they're going to be better. This is pro hockey talk doing their like this is Ottawa Senators Day, so okay. they have no. to have these three questions. What a sad day! It's got to be a Thursday. Monday, right? It's got to be like a Monday. Yeah. Uh, can DJ Smith start building something? I mean, like with Legos, perhaps, but I, I, not with, with come with out of the box with that. Mm-hmm. I guess with Brady Kachuk wouldn't be my first question. Okay. Um, what define this is perfect. I'm just going to tee Jamie up. Are you ready for this? <laughs> what defines success for this team in general? Not getting relegated to the AHL. <laughs> Being a team. Hey, they are a team. They Paying all of their bills this season. Oh, boy. Uh, okay. They got Colin White locked up for six years. Oh, that's, Joining that's, that's, Bobby Ryan and Nikita Zaitsev. And yep. Is the only player signed beyond 2020-21. Mm. Talk about building a core right there. Right there, baby. That is, uh, who Bobby is it? Ryan, Nikita Zaitsev, and Colin White. I mean, when you, look at, names. When you look at cores around the NHL. We'll see. Possibly. But when you, we really, that should be a, maybe we'll do it next summer since we're almost out of summer this year. The uh, the best cores in the NHL, and I got to think because we have a lot of summer left here in Arizona. Luke. Oh, yeah, That's I true. know. Okay, but hockey's coming up at least. True. Uh, and the third question is irrelevant because I really just wanted to ask the second question. All of them weren't irrelevant. Everything about them is irrelevant. <laughs> Jamie, if you had question one question for Ottawa, what would it be? Why? That's uh, that's fair. It's just open ended enough to to ask a lot of different just questions. Why? I don't get the Colin White one either. Someone explain that to me. At that price, nobody in this room can explain. I get it. Like I get the doing. age. I get. I get what you're doing there. But like, eh, it's it's that's fine. I guess same idea that you know. Yeah, with, I guess John Chica, right? You I guess. Up. Yeah, I guess. Uh, rookie camp is in two weeks. Just want to put that out there. Training camp three weeks. Preseason's not that far after the start of training camp. I don't have the schedule in front of me, but I'd say preseason's like four weeks. So hockey is. Hockey's around the corner. It's, it's yeah. It's not like a distant around the corner where I play that game every summer. Where I'm like, yeah, it's six months. But if you, it's really like eight hours if you start to cut all these different things out and you sleep for like three months straight or whatever. Is that now, what you do? Yes. Also, are you gonna name your here. mallard? Yeah, we haven't named the mallard. Seems yet. like a personal question. Um, <laughs> Icky. Organically, mm. it will be named over the course of the okay. season. Organic. We haven't talked okay. about the penguins on the show today. Well, now we have. Well, I mean. The first word that comes to mind is irrelevant. I don't really want to name That's, the mallard irrelevant. Okay. So the name will – also, I should say, there is a much bigger mallard in the car, too. We're going to name yeah. the smaller one uh, first. We should let everybody know that you've left the ducks in a hot car. Just for the last hour. They're fine. There's a puddle. They can play in a – there's like a lake right across there's the street. A puddle in your car? No, there's a puddle next to my car. <laughs> <laughs> it's oil, but hey, no big deal. Mm. Uh, how about training you camp for Exxon now? Or what's your deal? <laughs> No, training camp questions uh, for the league and the Coyotes is what Craig put in the notes. Yeah, I just asked the questions. You guys provide the answers. Okay, go ahead. Content. Go ahead. Ask them. Okay. What are your top five camp questions for the league? (laughs) (laughs) All right. There it is. I'm sorry, well, Jack. You had to well, see that. Well, 
I mean, one of them is what we've already discussed: is how deep do we get into camp before the you know some of the top fifty players in the NHL get signed? The Marners, the Rantanens. I mean, uh, how deep do we get into camp? Do we start to get this NFL thing where we're seeing all these stars that are holding out deep into the preseason? Yeah. Do you think any of those RFAs, those big names, and there's still like five? There's even more than five, really, depending what you define as big. Do you think any of them miss actual games? Because I'd normally say no. Like if you threw any one name out to me, I'd be like, no, Mitch Marner's not missing any games. But all of them together, thinking maybe, yeah. When's the last RFA? There are ten names. There's ten names on that list that are impact players. Why don't you read them to us real quick? Okay, I'll do that. Before you do that, as we mentioned on the the show a couple weeks ago, yeah, it's true. Is that I can't remember the last time like a Leafs player in particular missed some time as an RFA. So like I don't think it's going to happen very often. (laughs) Mitch Marner, okay, Braden Point, Miko Rantanen, Brock Besser. Matthew Kachuk, you still listening? I'm st- absolutely. Okay. I think this is good for people. You guys look like they glazed over, like you were bored. No, my my that reaction was yes. Jamie's in the room, and then his personality mm-hmm. makes my eyes glaze over. I just thought like I would probably offer sheet Brock Besser, and it well, wouldn't no one's offer sheet anybody at this point. No, Matthew Kachuk, Kyle Connor, Patrick Laine, Ivan Provorov, Charlie McAvoy, and Zach Wierenski. I feel like seen, that was eleven. Have you seen the report Maybe that was. Provorov wants ten million AAV? Well. That's not going to happen. Even Philadelphia <laughs> won't ever pay him. All right, well, you know, whatever. <laughs> what sort of angry Italian mobster hand gesture was that? No, you just nobody can me. see it, so yeah, you know, I just use their it. imagination. At least tell me. Let me cover Jackie's eyes. Jackie's looking the other way. What else you got for camp? Wait, no. That, I think if one of those guys is going to miss time, it's going to be one of the Jets. One of the Jets. Yes. There's two so, of them. So Connor and Lina. One yeah. of the Jets. One of the Jets. Okay, and I. Guess I'm just guessing here. It's not like I, I've heard anything. I would guess line A. Yeah, me too. So, Jamie, do you have a guess? Well, uh, did you see the poll that the I, Athletic I, did? I think it's going to be Provorov. Uh, most overrated player. Uh, well, Patrick Line yeah. was high on that list. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people think he's a one-dimensional player. Well, if, you are, if you're an actual player or a coach in the league or you're around you know, the NHL a lot and you, you watch it very closely, the players that don't do anything defensively don't get near the respect that you know, they get the respect in the stat sheet and the fan that casually watches, and they're like, hey, I think I got stats. But if you don't do anything defensively, your teammates know it, and the team playing against you certainly well, knows it. And it's, we talked about this a lot with Clayton Keller, and it's, we've talked about this at times with Ovechkin, where if you put up the points, it doesn't matter. If you put up the goals, it doesn't matter. Patrick Lyon scores 40 goals. No one's going to care that he doesn't play defense and he doesn't move off that same spot. He didn't do it last year, though. But he didn't. So then you're going to be opening yourself up to criticism because yeah. you don't touch all areas of the game where you cannot afford to slump in the very few areas of the game that you do touch. Yeah. Let's go round table. Let's go around the horn here. Okay. Uh, throwing out a couple. I got a couple ideas. Okay. Can Dave Tibbet rescue Connor McDavid from hell? Yes. Oh, we just I, well, just wait. I wasn't necessarily looking for answers. I'm oh. just throwing out my camp questions. Okay. But that's okay if you feel like you want to answer. Are, are these questions that we want about camp or about the season ahead? It's just going into the okay. season. I get it's fair. I mean, camp. I, hate I mean, because yeah, because I guess like camp questions would be like, like Capocacco, Jack Hughes, right, that kind of. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm, can somebody I'm, not one of those? How did Lightning bounce back from what they dealt with yeah. last season? And will you ever retweet someone? Literally, just retweet no, without mm-hmm. quote tweeting. Well, I told Jamie I almost retweeted the the listener who wrote in and said, "What happens first? Luke retweets something, or Ilya Labushkin scores an NHL goal?" And I was going to retweet it and say Labushkin, but that would have been a quote tweet. Yeah. There's so many restrictions. This, on what this I wasn't funny now. when you did this bit last week either, so we can probably move I, on. I want to. I want to let Craig know. He, Craig he should said, listen to I, the show. Craig should listen to the show. I'm guessing he didn't last week. Of course not. Probably because he said he didn't. I was a little busy. Okay. 
Mm, I mean, he were, it wouldn't have mattered anyway. He wasn't going to listen. That's true. Yeah, you could have been. There's a show with me and you. There's no chance. You, you could have been listen. sitting in an empty room for a no, week and I, only had your solitary phone. confinement. Two of those days of my, you know, my vacation or work vacation, mm. uh, basically in airports, waiting for my flights to and take off. And even listen. then, we, we didn't make the cut. <laughs> he, ra- he, was he would rather listen to flights. Get he would canceled. rather watch Greece. Well, no, I, well, I, I did place a phone call. It just wasn't to you guys. That's mm. mean. It was to Jeff Vinnick. Yeah, maybe yeah. you saw that one. Does that was an interesting Q&A, actually. He's an interesting dude. Speaking of Tampa Bay, wow, do they have a great owner. Yeah. Wow. yeah. And Just they have a really affable, accessible, what a, what a articulate, it makes, thoughtful. That was an amazing interview. He didn't doesn't know me. Had no idea who the heck I was before I requested that interview. And he did it. Maybe oh, he, he should come country on the music <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe that was <laughs> yeah, He's a big country music fan. <laughs> oh, uh, all right. Oh, Craig S. Morgan. Uh, I guess I'm on the line. Yeah, here. <laughs> well, quick. maybe has he heard you sing? Maybe you're better than Craig. Yeah, other Craig. That. Probably today wouldn't be a good example. Can we get other Craig on the show? Let's. Yeah, you guys. You don't know this. You don't even know who the Fifth Dimension is. It's just sad. I'm not ashamed by not you knowing who the Fifth Dimension. Fifth Dimension. Not. No. I've heard that song before. Again, it's all about your generation, isn't it, Luke? No, not in this all case. about your tweets. No. Well, getting what is happening here? Tweets. Uh, well. I have completely – I've gone like Twitter dark. I haven't tweeted in a while. I know. It's like two weeks. You're scaring people. It's the longest I've ever gone. Um, He's alive. For oh, me, yeah, what, what, to get us somehow back on track. Tampa Bay to me is a huge question because I don't know mentally how you get up for 82 games knowing they don't mean anything. But even if they do, we've talked about this. Is it anything they do? They could go 82-0 and and are we going to really trust them? No. When come postseason. They're going to no. have – nothing matters to them until they start – until the postseason starts, right? Nothing matters. I guess unless they have a bad start, unless they're a bubble team, then then we're going to care. But if they if they do somewhere near what they did last year, or even a few, I mean, probably a few wins less, eh, we're not going to care if they're a hundred and five point team. The only reason I would care if I was Tampa Bay about the regular season is that I think it is still important to stay out of that two three matchup with either Toronto or Boston. Yes, and I do think Toronto could catch them this year in the regular season. I mean, I, I think Toronto is going to go further in the playoffs than Tampa, so. Uh, but as far as the regular season, I mean, we've got six months of oddly meaningless hockey for Tampa Bay, other yeah. than they just need to stay healthy, get to the playoffs, and actually do something. It means a lot to Kevin Shattenkirk. Okay. Oddly meaningful hockey to Kevin Shattenkirk. <laughs> Chat deuces. <laughs> Is that better? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just wanted to say it. Uh, uh, I guess one, one of my camp questions, it's going to be from one of the more boring teams, but can Minnesota? Ben Bishop continue his goaltending prowess over the last two and a half years where he's basically been arguably one of the best goaltenders in hockey, if not the best, in that span. Can he do that and keep Dallas afloat with Joe Pavelski there now? And does Jamie Benn have a bounce-back year? So I think Dallas is an interesting team, not to watch, but an interesting team to (laughs) look at overall in a a very open Western Conference. The Western Conference is very open. I'm I'm not in love with it. I still like Vegas, but I'm not in love. I mean, there are major warts with a lot of these teams. Mm Mm-hmm. Calgary probably doesn't have quite as many warts, but I also don't trust them at all. Of course, then there's Colorado, team you love. Yeah, team I love. Jamie did declare they will win the cup last week, I believe. I, I, I did not. Oh, you did not. Which cup? Calder. A cup. Okay. A cup from a gas station. Mm-hmm. Uh, Florida is probably the team I'm interested in during training camp, just because there's a lot of moving parts there. Um, but didn't get Artemi, but did not. They got Joel Gwenville. And Gwenville and their goalie. And they uh, I will never underachieved not, last year. By the way, I will never not look at their logo right now and see Joe Quinville yeah. ever again. That's, yeah. that's it. That was ruined for yeah. me. That was great. It's so good, and I'll never unsee it. 
What about Coyotes? You shouldn't. What do you guys see as the big questions for the Coyotes? In I, I guess we can talk camp here. We can we can shift a little bit because we're more familiar with them. Well, Barrett Hayton is obviously the, yeah. the, the biggest one. I want to see how he plays. I'm not expecting him to be top six production in year one. I'm not. I, I think that's an unrealistic expectation for him. But and he doesn't need to be because of his, no. the, because of his game. And they don't he's need him to be right now. Two, he's a 200-foot player, uh, you know, to cite the cliche. We need to get rid of that. We do. 200-foot player. I'm tired of that. That's right up there. With you want me to get rid get of it? Pucks yeah, D. you looked personally. over at me. Okay. Yeah. But I, I want to see... It's not the, as bad as get pucks I, deep. I, I want to see when he is playing against NHL competition in these preseason games, even in camp against other Coyotes, how does he hold his own? Is he... Is he does he... Str- I mean, he's going to always struggle at some level. He's, he's, gonna be, he's a rookie. But does he look like he belongs out there? And then when he does, does he flash that he can be more than the players that he's playing up against? That's all I need to see in year one because that's a whole new addition to your team from last year. And if they can, he can provide any value out of that spot, not only is it great for the future, but it can help them in year one. He's it, it, Him being a whole new addition is, is a good way to put it. I mean, Schmaltz is similar in the sense that he played 17 games last year. 14 points in 17 games. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and this goes back to what Jamie and I were saying last week. You added Phil Kessel, and that's exciting, but you also gave up pieces to get him. You already gave up. You already paid for Nick Schmaltz. You just didn't get to really see him. But Hayton, I mean, anything he does this year is on top of what you had last year. And we've talked about the Coyotes. There's a lot of guys that actually underachieved last year. Now, there's yes. guys that probably overachieved, too. Um, I can't imagine Brad Richardson having that good of a season again. You said his name. Yeah. but uh, You just made the list. <laughs> maybe he does. But, yeah, anything Hayton does. I just want to see him look like he belongs, and there's no doubt that he's he's locked in. You know what I mean? Like If, if he makes the team, I want it to be like he's on this team, and the next time that he's not on this team is when he's retiring in mm-hmm. 15, 16 years or whatever. Yeah. Do you have a, another question, burning question for camp? For me, the power play is one to, mm-hmm. to really watch. I would throw, really I'd throw the penalty kill in there, too, because it's a little bit different now, potentially. So I, yeah, I just yeah. I mean, I think it'll be the same system and the same, same personnel. Guys, yeah. So, yeah, hopefully. I mean, I like be. the way the it, penalty it better be. Last year. Yeah, <laughs> you don't want you don't want to tweak that. No, to me, it's Antiranto's health. Can yeah. he can he get through a full training camp? Can he get through the preseason? Is he healthy? Because you're going to have a decision at some point. You're going to have to make with going into last year of Darcy Kemper's deal. And look, you've already signed Ranta. He's going to be your guy. But if he continues to have injury issues into another season with your team. You now have to start considering what the long-term plan is in net, and that might be we need to make sure we pay up a little extra for a backup goaltender at some point, whether it's Kemper or otherwise, and keep them in there because we know we're going to pretty much have to split this going forward. So to me, that's the big key is, is health with the goaltending position. See, the biggest, the biggest thing for me with goaltending is how those two handle, how Tockett handles it, and I've detailed how I would handle it, so I don't need to do it again. But You've told Rick, too. Yeah. no, obviously. This is how you should do it. Yeah. Just like that, okay. and I'm sure he listened. Um, but the impo- to be able to to run things the way I would do it, and I would guess this is probably the way Tockett's going to try and do it too. Both goalies have to be on board. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean they need to have an ego because they're in the NHL, and you don't get to this point without having some sort of an ego. And if you don't have one, you're not going to be successful. But why I think that can work as a tandem is those two guys seem to get along, and they both. I mean, Ronta was Kemper's biggest cheerleader last year when Kemper was in there. Um, they're both fantastic human beings. Yeah, that helps so a lot. They need to. They need to not. And I don't think they would be. I don't think Ronta's going to be like upset at Kemper if he's playing more for a stretch because Ronta is slumping a little bit and Kemper gets going. It's just more. Can they both be really good when called on? Yeah, and that is the biggest question really with this team for me. It's funny everybody asks. Everybody that talks to me about the Coyotes right now is, is asking. You know, 
is Ranta going to stay healthy? That's not the biggest question to me. It, to me, it's how those two handle it. Because you have two goalies. You're kind of immune to injury in that position compared to a lot of teams. Like, if Dallas loses Ben Bishop, bye. I just think Antti Ranta's high end is higher than Darcy Kemper. It is. So if he can stay healthy... Well, they, yeah, they no, have, this is the season again. They, they have screwed. potential top five goaltending yeah. in the league, which can carry you a long way. As I, good as Kemper was last year, look at his numbers compared to Rontas the year before. Rontas were still what, way, way better. And, yeah. that, and that's also the thing we have to consider is I don't think I fully have a grasp on what Darcy Kemper's talent level is yet because we have seen him. Like, if you remember what he was at the beginning of you know two seasons ago with L.A., where he came out of nowhere and was dominant. Got traded to the Coyotes, was a small sample size, but was bad in those 10 games. Yeah. He was bad in Minnesota before that as a backup for the most part. I mean, I, mean, I think Mike, Mike Russo had some interesting things to say about him in when that trade for, when that deal first happened when the Coyotes made that trade with LA. He was awesome last season. I'm just not ready to fully say that Darcy Kemper, I know for sure that he is going to be a top 20 starter in the NHL already. He could be. He's shown that he can be. He's shown he can be more than that. But... If Darcy Kemper goes back down to a 9.05 save percentage this year, that wouldn't shock me. It really wouldn't because we have seen that for him for the majority of his career. Hey, realistically, he's probably evolved and is better than that, but last year he was clearly in the zone. Yeah. You know, like you're going into the season, you want Ronta to be the star. I would assume you want Ronta to be the guy for 50 games and Kemper to be the guy for 30, 32 games or whatever, but. If one gets hurt, then that changes. If one is playing poorly and the other one can step in, that changes. But I would assume that's the template you're going into the season with. Yeah, that's that's a fair template. Yeah. Uh, I also think playing behind this team really helps goaltenders. Yeah, Absolutely. The system they play. It's, uh, they have an excellent blue line that doesn't get enough credit for what it does in its own zone. And moving the puck. It's a good blue line. It really is. It did not help uh, Matt Murray last year, though, in Pittsburgh. <laughs> From the unnamed duck. I'm sorry, you still don't have a name. How well, long ago was duck born? His, uh, his name might be Matt if he plays the way he did. Uh, well, now they have, what, aren't there two Matt Murrays? So do we want to talk about jerseys yeah. before we get to listener questions? Yeah, because we've got a lot of listener questions. We, I, I, Jamie and I talked about the Buffalo jersey last week, so Okay, what do you think about the Hurricanes' new road jersey? It's not as cool as Buffalo's jersey. It just says Canes. It's what? Tom Dun- Dundon didn't like the old road jersey, so they came in with mm-hmm. one that says Canes. The, the Rangers have something to say about the way the letters are placed. I know Jordan Martinook liked it. He tweeted out how much he was like ready to put the jersey on. Maybe that was just a, I want to play hockey and this is the jersey I did, have to wear. You didn't retweet him, I'm assuming. Uh, no. Okay. No. I have retweeted people in the past though, but now I never will because mm. you know it's called it out. Uh, yeah. It's it's so not as cool as Buffalo's jerseys. No. Yeah. No. I agree. Um, but Buffalo's these are only Buffalo's jerseys for one year. Yeah. Buffalo's gonna look so good winning 30 games in those. Looks so good. Did you see Vegas's? It's amazing how many teams are going to win just thirty games in Jamie's book. Colorado, be a lot of thirty-win teams. Yeah, there were a lot of thirty-win teams last year. <laughs> Can we reestablish too? Because it has gotten lost in the shuffle now. So once and for all, on August twenty-second, is Colorado a playoff team? Because it's gotten lost in the shuffle of people saying they're going to win the cup, and you've gotten frustrated there. But I just want to know what your I, stance I, I don't, is. Don't my, my, my stance is the last playoff spot's either Colorado or Arizona. That's my that's my spot. So, Just like last year. Okay. That, all I'm saying is Colorado didn't get better. That's all I'm saying. They didn't get better. Okay. So they got 90 points last year. I think they'll be within a point or two of that this year in one of the directions. This That's is, all I'm saying. That's all I've said. I said they could sneak into a wild card spot, but I said they didn't get any better. And they, they could be the second wild card team. Can you imagine if Colorado misses the playoffs? Jamie Eisner will be insufferable. He's almost got jazz hands going here, by the way. <laughs> really all I'm saying. 
Unless you believe Nazem Kadri is the player that he showed that one season three years ago, which I don't. Luke does. I don't. I, I, wait, what? You, you like I, said, I said you can get away with him as your second center. I'm not as high on Colorado as everybody else is either, but I think they're a playoff team, and I wouldn't want to face Some, Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rotten in the playoffs. Do you think the Coyotes are a playoff team? Yes. Who's missing? Well, that we're going to do that later on. We're going to do that in September okay. because... Yeah, you're right. That's that, I mean, that's the problem. Somebody has to drop out. And, and we talked about this last week, and we won't have to get back into it again because we'll see if they sign their guys. But it's the team I've been championing for the last few years, the the lowest floor of those top playoff teams right now, it's Winnipeg. Yeah, Lower floor than Colorado, in your mind? Of the, I mean, of the Winnipeg's top teams. Winnipeg's got problems. Okay. Okay. Winnipeg's of the got top problems. Teams. San Jose might have problems. They just lost yeah. Pavelski. Uh, we'll like see. I, that, I, almost nothing would surprise me in the West this Somebody's year. Somebody's got to drop. Except so, for LA and Anaheim making yeah. the playoffs. Anaheim wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, Luke likes Anaheim. I don't like Anaheim. I just think we are we're lumping them in with L.A. because they're they're bad. Probably, yeah, yeah. Vancouver, L.A. is going to be better than last year. They're still and if Edmonton makes the playoffs, (laughs) maybe Dave Tippett will finally be respected. Like somebody's going to drop out. Because if he gets that team to the playoffs with what they have, there were fans in Edmonton that didn't want Dave Tippett. I mean, not not. Well, he's, he's got to prove it, right? No big I mean, he's deal. Got challenges that he'll come in and probably fix your defense while still allowing Connor McDavid to roam free up front. That's you know, that's no. He doesn't know how to coach offensive oh, players. Yeah, you're right. Remember? Okay, yeah, that changes everything. Uh, you want to get to some of these listener questions? Sure. Jamie had something that you were going to say, and we both just kept cutting. No, off, no, no. no. So it, it, I thought it, that was intentional. I, I, it was. Sorry. No, I meant of the top three teams in each of the divisions. Okay. Okay. I don't remember what you were talking about. So somebody asked for my Scooby Doo impersonation. So lowest floor. Should we just get that out of the way? I, I feel like I sang Aquarius already today. So I'm impersonations. Not I didn't see no. that question. <laughs> First Nations. No, some, somebody asked if I have a Scooby Doo impersonation. Oh, I mentioned this in my mailbag. Somebody asked me. I was going to ask you why that was in our notes. But uh, yeah. Okay. Someone actually asked the question. I mean, do you? Can I? Hear this Scooby Doo impersonation on the next Natty Hattie. Yeah, that you so can. I'll do the laugh, and that's all I'll do. Do you want to do it right now, or do you? Just <laughs> there it is. <laughs> you got to do it again while I'm not talking. No, I want to do it there. See, I, I felt like that was my out. You're talking, so it was. But now I can't uh, isolate that. I wish we had all that's different, right. all, all that different mics and different audio feeds. We're done here. Look at him; he's making notes over Yeah, he's making sure that he can go that back. Ridiculousness. And, yeah. I wrote down the wrong time. No, hold on, let me get that. Okay, um, we got a lot of questions. Okay. We do. So. As always. We're going to start with the caveat here. I'm going to put this out at uh, like 1 a.m. next time. Yeah, because Ask for questions we get some we do. really good questions during the show that we could answer, but I don't think they'd be as good some some of the time. Like last week, we got the uh, break the, the league down into eight divisions, which Jamie and I said we would do for this week's and show, we didn't and we it. didn't. So next week is the last- Go like, read Craig Morgan's- This is our out. Go read Craig no, Morgan's No, we're going to talk about, about it next it. week. Next week is our last like show that doesn't have previews or anything going into the season. Our so last show that doesn't it. matter. So, well, actually, well, no, that's I mean, not true. None of our shows matter, but <laughs> that's wrong on so many levels. First of all, Craig, it matters. And secondly, they all don't matter. Um, so that we will answer that next week. Uh, we still never did our all Natty Hattie Hall of Fame team. But uh, we'll also answer Domsky's question. Uh, I have Domsky's Stanley. question is best goalie tandem in each division. Oh, yeah, for mm-hmm. next week, yeah. So I wrote I wrote both these down. And, and you're gonna, gonna remind us yeah, when remind you do the show wait. Yeah. Oh, how does this work? Yeah. Luke's going to remind us when we walk into the studio next week. Oh, yeah, we were supposed to no, do I'll something. I'll remind you when we're on the air next week. Okay. Um, so, good question, Domsky. It we'll, is a good we'll question. We'll answer it next week. We'll, we'll give it its due attention. Or at least some. Uh, Jamie won't. But Luke and I will think about it. We'll think deeply on it. Michael writes in, I'm assuming everyone realizes that Jamie's new nickname, Jummy, is a combination of his name and dummy, which is fitting. Not a question. Wow. I know. That's just hurtful. It's hurtful. Not incorrect, but hurtful. Yeah. That's just hurtful. It, uh, I don't feel like I want to dignify that question. I, I liked it. 
I might retweet I, that, I actually. <laughs> oh, here, I'll retweet it from the show account right no, now. No, no, you'll retweet it from your account. No, well, I'm signed <laughs> into the show account. That never happens. That's, uh, yeah, I can't do that right here. Uh, Greg wrote in, hopefully in time with so many UFAs left, who do you guys see as two to three value gets that Chica and the Coyotes could realistically sign for more goal scoring? Also, we need a Chiarelli shirt design from Luke. Wow, that was a, an odd aside. Oh, Craig missed the, the the one last week where somebody wrote in and looked at our uh, "Where's your duck shirt?" design and said, "But why does he have to have Jamie's hair?" <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> it's one of my all-time favorite tweets into the show. I mean, I, I don't know where there is going to be free agent value. I mean, Justin Williams, if he plays this year, he's going to play in Carolina. Uh, so I don't really see. I mean, like, who else is out there? Like Thomas Vanek. Pat Maroon, Joe, Joe Thornton, he's going to play, he's going to play in San Jose. Like, I, I, I don't see where, I mean, Jason Pond, like, I don't, I don't see where that, I mean, you, you might guy bring guys in on PTOs, but nobody that I think is going to make a significant impact. Yeah. Um, we talked about this, so I'm just going to read the question from Murdoch. How much of a split in goal do you see in between Ronta and Kemper this year? Um, well, you just mentioned that, so. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and I just mentioned that. It I might be it. even a little closer than that, but that, that's a good template, I think. You could be like forty eight, thirty four, you know, and sure. then he shouldn't be eligible for the Vezina. No. Oh, but wait, you you are now. But he's not on Dallas, so he isn't. And obviously, that's assuming that everybody stays healthy. Yeah. A lot of times, the stuff works itself out anyway. How much though do you think they that Tocket will adjust based on? Hey, you know, Ronta's struggling a little bit, and Kemper came in, and Kemper's playing like he did last year. Like, will he ride the hot hand? Because that that to me is a huge part of this equation. You I think have he'll to lean ride on the hot Corey Schwab a lot. Okay. For for that advice. Uh, Big Tortilla. Elliot Friedman in a phone interview believes the Coyotes have a lot of interest in Jake Gardner. If true, how would adding Gardner change the dynamic of the defense? How about just, is anybody going to sign Jake Gardner? Yeah, I, d- I, I don't know where Gardner fits unless you're moving another defenseman out. That's the thing. Like if you, I, if I you're moving Goligoski out, I, I can understand it, but I, I, don't, I haven't heard anything that has any traction like that. So, yeah, I mean, Jake Gardner is... is Good secondary defenseman. Yeah, he's better but, than some of the defensemen they have. But you got to move stuff around. But yeah, I, I don't. I don't see how they make that work because, as you might notice, they have no cap space right now. Uh, no, a lot of people don't seem to notice that for whatever reason. <laughs> They're still trying to get to the floor. Yeah, apparently. Uh, of I believe they have one hundred seventy-eight thousand dollars of cap space. <laughs> <laughs> They're at the I mean, floor uh, of the ceiling. It's a very small room. The ceiling and the floor are like three inches. I mean, they, apart. They've got the host of stuff, but still, like they, they, I. I I can't see them bringing in Jake Gardner without making another move. Like I don't see where he would play. Okay. Corbs. Sup, dudes. Sup. Sup. With the Coyotes being healthier to start the season, do you expect Hockey to play a more open offensive style, or do you still expect to be bottom five in goal scorers and hopefully squeak into the wild card with defense and goaltending? I would sure uh, hope they're not in the bottom five in yeah, scoring again. I mean, yeah. There's some extremes with, in that question. With this team that they put out there, I, I would be something would have to go horribly wrong where they'd have to be hurt again. Yeah, I mean, if they're healthy, they're, they're not going to play the way they, they... Look, they've admitted that they, they played a different style because they were so banged up last season. And then to. you add the fact that Phil Housley is going to come in and he's going He's probably going to do things that activate the defense a little more than they were last season. So, yeah, I, I expect them to be a little more. I don't want to call it freewheeling, but this is the little, year of the a Phil. little more offensive minded. Yes, yes, take more risks. Phil Housley, Phil Kessel, Phil. The year of the Phil. Uh, Dustin, with ice down at Gila River Arena and camp quickly approaching, are there any dark horse candidates that may snag a roster spot? 
an interesting question, just in the sense that the answer is probably no. No, no. I mean, it's, I mean, who, Barrett Hayden's not a dark horse at this point. We've been talking about him for a while, so you're really talking about the seventh defense spot and the fourteenth forward spot, which might be a, a, a revolving door of players that come up from Tucson and then go back to play games so they don't get stale just sitting in the press box. Yeah, the seventh defenseman really it's it's. Ilya Labushkin or, or Kyle Capobianco, yeah, which is yeah, I don't really. So I don't really see any dark horse candidates. No, nobody else is really ready. Like who? Who would you call? I mean, I'm, I mean well, there's no the room either. I mean, they're yeah. really. But even they, if there was, who, who are you calling up? Who would you? I mean, even this hypothetical world where you had to call up somebody that wasn't one of the names we brought up at forward. Who are you calling up? Nick Markley. Nick Markley. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, I mean, they felt he was ready before he, his last injury. They felt he was ready to secure a roster spot with his team. So, but are you going to play? Him? Is he a dark horse? And are you going to put him in the press box? Right. That's that's the problem. Where do you play him? Who's who's sitting? Yeah. Well, I think if he made the team out of camp, that would surprise some people. I mean, you know, I hear what you're saying that they probably don't hate the idea of, hey, we're going to have this guy up for a week. He's going to play a game or two. He's going to sit in the press box and go back down to two summer and bring this guy up for a week. I, I doubt they hate having that flexibility in that 14th forward spot. Exactly. Yeah. But I think also a lot of people have sort of, I don't want to say forgotten about Nick Merkley, but he's not on everybody's radar anymore because it's been a few years and it's not his fault necessarily. He's no. just, he just can't stay on the yeah. ice. But I mean, he's a first rounder from the 2015 draft, so he's still he in his Hall of Fame. So potential. badly, yeah. You just—he's healthy for a change. You just root for the kid. He's played one career NHL game, yeah. and he's—he's he's better than that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he's a good enough player where he would have played more if he was healthy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the defense is just pretty well set. Yeah, I mean, you, you got you got the eight guys who so you know they're what 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 eight they're going to be, and I don't really think anybody else has a real strong shot, which might be a concern if you get multiple injuries again. On that blue line of I don't know what who's the ninth defenseman on this team. It depends on what's who who makes the Tucson roster. Yeah, uh, one of the guys that I've been watching a little bit at these informal skates that's really intriguing is Kevin Ball. Yeah, man, he's a big dude, but he's, he's huge. He's he seems to be he, he's reasonably mobile for his size. He's he's good with his stick. I mean, I don't think he's ever going to be an offensive defenseman, but he's competent there. He gives them an element, you know, like Labushkin does. But say, he's maybe if Labushkin's hurt, that's who you bring up. Yeah, if if he's going to play down there, is he he is eligible, right? He is remember. eligible. Yeah. Victor Soderstrom's a guy to keep an eye on too. Not so much that he's going to play this year, but if you want to talk to Tucson, if you want a camp storyline, yeah. I mean, yeah. if you go straight to Tucson after you just drafted him three months ago, yeah, I, I'm taking that as a good sign. Uh, here's Steve. Hi, Steve. Hello, Steve. Over or under 22 goals for Connor Garland this year. Over or under? Under. Yeah, I got to go under. 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 Um, he's, I mean, he's going to be in a fourth line role. He's not going to get the minutes. I like the way Garland plays, though. I do too. Mm-hmm. I really. If everybody played the way Connor Garland plays, just that that sort of, it's a hundred. Slipping into sports cliches. I, I know, but it's, but it's true with him. I'm, I'm going to beat the, beat this drum again. If Clayton Keller played with the effort of Connor Garland, Clayton Keller would be a, a mega star. He would be a legitimate all star. Like if this was a yes. '90s movie and those two switched, like personalities or whatever, but stayed the same in every other way, like the old switcheroo, <laughs> trading places. Is that uh, that's not from the '90s though? I felt like every other comedy from the '90s, the two like, like friends woke up living each other's lives. Yeah, actually, I guess this is more recent than the '90s because there was the one with Ryan Reynolds and Jason Bateman too, which was horrible, by the way. It was Trading Places was at least a good movie, but those two a great movie. They actually. didn't. That, that was like a yeah. They didn't. They actually become there wasn't each other, magic. but they did. Okay, right. there was only a there was only a bet a one dollar bet. It was only a dollar. The usual one dollar. 
Well, either way, another vestiism. We're t- we're taking the under on uh, on yeah, under on twenty two goals for Connor Garland. What did he have last year? Twelve, yeah, twelve and twenty one games. I just got an eye roll from Jamie for my trading places reference. I'd like to acknowledge that <laughs> he probably thinks you're talking about some sort of mm-hmm. like. Uh, um, HGTV like, I need some yeah. uh, trading places support from you <laughs> listeners out there now. Um, Jeffrey Travis oh, yeah, Twyman. My movie choices. I'm, I'm not off this yet. There's <laughs> more opportunity. Can you, can you mute his mic? <laughs> he mutes himself so much anyway. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Take quick back up from the mic a little bit and talk more. <laughs> okay. Back up and talk more about movies so Jamie can hear you better. Uh, who's winning a hockey skills competition between the three of you, and why isn't it Jamie? <laughs> well, it's, 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 <laughs> Sorry. To be fair, it's definitely not me. I, I'm I'm distant third of this group in uh, hockey. I'm old. If it's goaltending, I would assume it's Craig, since I've played goalie like three times in my life. So there you go. There was a time when I could play goal. And then the oranges. Red, <laughs> then the, the oranges. Wow, okay. <laughs> the oranges rained down. I forgot about you. that. <laughs> oh, I have not. My twitch is back. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. He still can't uh, go to he still can't walk on Syracuse campus. Dangle Snipe Belly or in the produce section anywhere. Dangle Snipe Belly. Remove any two players from the league for any reasons, who would they be and why did Luke immediately think of Tom Wilson? <laughs> See? This is what I was talking about off the air. Our listeners have gotten so good they asked the questions and they already know half of our answer. Uh well one of mine would be Tom Wilson. Tom yeah. <laughs> um Boy, who else? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Everyone else is a distant second. Yeah. Brandon Tanev. Nothing against <laughs> him personally. Oh, that, that feels personal. Okay, yeah. if we're going that route. Contract, well, yeah, uh, Brent Seabrook. Yeah. <laughs> Milan Lucic. Uh, wait, hold on. Let me, I just, maybe I should just name him Brandon. Maybe we should just get it out of the way. Yeah. All right. Brandon the Tiny Mallard. <laughs> this is where my career has gotten me. <laughs> Jamie, anybody you'd like to remove from the equation? You. Well, that's mean. He didn't even say it in a New York accent. Brandon, Brandon the meaningless mallard. <laughs> that sounds like a kid's book. Um, another one from He Dangles. even looks sad the way you've said it yeah. there. Well, and he, he moves depressed. somewhat faster. He, he really does look like he skates yeah, he does. like Brandon Tanner. Uh, he looks sad. He looks more sad ever since we oh, named him. We should ask Craig that question that we got last week about the three coyotes. What was it? The three old coyotes prospects? I want to do. I want to do this instead of alluding because I don't remember what the exact question was. Uh, I have to go back and find. I was hoping oh. you remembered the oranges from 18 years because ago because that traumatized Craig and it makes me laugh. <laughs> can you pull up the question? I, I like can. Craig. Let me ask the next question while okay. you guys answer it out. Uh, Why I'll, is it our our best content is always when we're mean to each other? What does that, that say about our show? Because yeah. that's our personality. We need like a psychological analysis of the show. Yeah. Uh, Dangle Snipe Belly, another one. Having been stuck with only Jamie and Luke's voices last week, does the S in Craig S. Morgan stand for sultry? I, have you listened uh, to the rest of this podcast? Yeah, no, not, it doesn't. Awkward. Well, obviously he hadn't listened to this podcast yet when he was... <laughs> well, he's listening to it now. Way to right both now. give like a four-second answer while I'm trying to find that question <laughs> Go find, from a week ago. Are you going to keep talking? Yes, because if I move off the, the questions, I, I'm I won't insulted, be able to get back. We had a good show last week, Luke and I did. We actually did, and it was shocking. Yeah. We somehow managed not to burn the whole studio down without parental supervision, so we it did was, it. It was like two countries that hate each other coming together for like one glorious hour of podcast. To buy Greenland. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I, I can't find that question. Uh, I, I know I'll, go, just don't give me I'll go find it. I love the counter story it. better. It's here. Denmark has offered to buy the U.S., of course. I, that, was a, that was a great story. That I was. Um, okay, here I got it. Did you, okay, ask well, Craig because this was this was fun. I enjoyed. I had thoroughly enjoyed this no, question. It's gone again. Here, I'll ask you guys a question. This time, answer this question. Again. It has vanished somehow. 
Have you used Twitter before? I have, but okay. I can't pull off. This, I know you haven't uh, used the retweet button on Twitter, but you should be able to find retweet button these. on Twitter. I go by H now. Uh, bought my puppy a new toy. Came home and said, "Hello, Twig. Where's your duck?" Luke Lipinski style, coupled with me using Jamie Eisner's stupid buffalo as a general expletive. That's altogether too much natty hattie in my life. Well, that's not possible. Yeah, there's there's never enough natty hattie. That's true. Although we've gone well over an hour, so this might be too much natty hattie in your life. How about this? Uh, Did we, you find it yet? I will find it if you take. Three seconds. By the way, I already this. found it. It took me three seconds. Yeah, but you can. Why are you so bad at Twitter? Because I'm reading all the questions. I can't. Go <laughs> you didn't off have to read questions. any of the questions. We were just talking about it. I found. I answered the question and found it while you were talking. If I move off this page of questions, it resets all the way back at the Open top. Open up a new tab. I'm trying to do that. I, but when but I, I asked the question, it. you guys were like, "Well, here's a four second answer. The shortest Jamie's ever that, talked about anything." That took me less time to find this again. Is this what last week sounded like too? <laughs> kind of. He didn't take out the garbage either, Luke. <laughs> But I no, just don't feel like you make time for me anymore, Jamie. All That's I want to know is, well, I, I, they actually, somebody did leave like actual alcohol in the studio today. That was probably Maybe we a all listener need it. from listening to our show. From listening to ourselves, yeah. That's uh, why I don't wear headsets. Do you have the question? I do, but you said we're going to do the next one. Do you want me to go with you? No, that was to buy time. Why don't you oh, ask the okay. question to Craig? Okay. Oh, so now it's my time, Luke. Well, you know. <laughs> Hi, I'm, I'm over here. <laughs> right. So this was from uh, Timothy Waugh. On Twitter, biggest Yotes fan in Canada here. Back again with a question: Gormley, Shinneman, Henrik Samuelson signed one to Arizona on an eight by eight deal. Pick one, <laughs> pick one to score twenty goals. Wait, what is there an AV that is associated with this eight by eight deal? <laughs> Could it be for league minimum? Yeah, no, not eight by eight hundred thousand. <laughs> Two way so, eight by eight deal. Pick one to score twenty goals in a season, or your family gets blown up. And one has to play for Minnesota. Okay, I'm sorry. I read the second part because I'm still processing those three names. <laughs> it's okay. a lot to take in. It was a great question. One by eight by eight. One has to score 20 goals or your family gets blown up. One has to play for Minnesota. <laughs> Brendan stakes. Gormley, Brendan yeah. Shinneman, Henrik well, Samuelson. It's easy. I mean, if I, if I could just shove someone off on Minnesota, that's fine. Okay, but, well, who is it? Because uh, you can yeah, only shove 20 one 20 goals? One has to score 20 goals. Yeah. And, so I've lost my family. Okay, I've yeah. accepted that reality. But at least give it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. This was fun. Which candidate is most likely to score 20 goals? I went with Brendan Shinneman. I'd go with Shinneman, too. We yeah. Shinneman, okay. Because there's at least a chance. Yeah. Sign somebody well, eight so Now that I think about it, eight. Hendrick Samuelson did score occasionally like in, in camp and stuff in preseason if you, if you just set him up in front of the net. Yeah, because he couldn't skate anywhere else around it. Okay, but he might actually have a better shot at scoring 20 goals. I don't know. In today's NHL, I think I feel like you need to be able to move. Oh. So okay. I'd go with Shinneman still. Okay. Uh, I guess I would sign Gormley to the 8x8 eight eight yep. league minimum yep, salary. What yep. <laughs> and that's what we did. ship Henrik Samuelson <laughs> off to Minnesota. Yep, that's what we said. Where he will be the yep. fastest player on the team. Yes. Um, hey, Regression and Possession Podcast wrote in. Wasn't CC for Hall a thing? We I, talked about this last week. Oh, Jamie yeah. and I were talking about the possibility that uh, Rasmus Ristolainen. Do you remember Ristolainen, the offer? Hall? Yeah. yeah, so we yes. talked about that last week. We revisited that. I don't remember Cody CC for Taylor Hall being a thing, but I'm sure Peter Chiarelli would have signed off on it instantly. Um, Christina writes in, because we talked about Corey Pronman's uh, farm system mm-hmm. rankings last week, and they were only 31 through 22 I, at that point. And, now and, we and you were wrong rankings. about Yeah, and he was wrong about I just want the world to know. Luke was wrong. Yeah, I, I, thought, the I honestly thought the Coyotes were going to come in. We had seen 31 through 22. I thought when he revealed 21, that was going to be the Coyotes. And, and I did throw in the um, 
adjustment that I, I'm thinking of their farm system minus Hayton because I'm already putting him on the team. Yeah. So that does move him up a little bit. But he had he had the Coyotes 17th, which is a good week for me to miss since I already knew where they were and couldn't talk about it. Oh, so yeah, it's good. No, it would have been better. Well, if you inside just, information. Yeah, sat there and tried <laughs> not to speak. Colleague telling me something. Yeah, if you're like, well, does that does that surprise you though? Because that their colleague seven? actually told me something. No, that <laughs> surprises me. Yes, <laughs> having worked in the newspaper industry, yeah, that's a little surprising. <laughs> <laughs> but that they're that they're basically middle of the pack with essentially two guys. I mean, they have other pieces that they can call up. We already talked about them. But as far as potential game changers, that's just Hayton and Soderstrom. Soderstrom yeah, I mean Merkley's probably their three, and maybe Prosvitov well, down the but... line. But I just I when you're when you are we have Corey on, we could ask him. But I, usually when you're ranking these farm systems, to me it's usually like okay, who's your real top end talent that could come in and not just fill out an NHL roster, but could alter your win loss total at the end of the year. And to to me, that's really just Hayton and Soderstrom right now. Yeah, that's and that's fair. So. When when your colleague told you before we found out, <laughs> yes, what'd you think of that ranking? Well, I, I don't mind it actually. Okay, I kind of <laughs> Good. This is great content. Yeah, this, this is just like <laughs> I'm glad it doesn't offend you. You want me to say? Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, also, was, uh, uh, if you were to take a player number one in your fantasy draft, uh, oh, Craig. God. Who would you, so I was, you? I was. Let, yeah, by the way, that I, truth, right about rankings. I'm yes. not a big fan of rankings. Period. Uh, there's a lot of subjectivity here. A ton of subjectivity here. Yeah, and you're dealing with teenagers. Yes, for the most part. Uh, and there, and look, there are a couple guys on this list that he had at the bottom. You know, partly because we we had a discussion. He asked me about you know some of the players that are high and that he might be list. aware of. Not really. <laughs> I mean, but Ty Emerson and Cam Crotty are two right-handed defensemen that you know they're they're intrigued by. So we'll yeah. see how those guys develop. There's there's a lot of time. You, you just don't know what's going to happen. As oh, you yeah. mentioned, we're dealing with teenagers, yeah. so it's it's hard. But Corey Prime works his butt off. I don't. Yeah, know. I, I, yeah. Pro- Prime is the best he works at this. Hard. Prime, I mean, I've been following Prime for how many years now? I mean, he's he's excellent at this and makes adjustments. He's yeah. not one of those guys that just digs their heels in and, and if the, if the data or anything else comes up and he says, no, I'm sticking. No, he'll you make can see that You can see that in the even in the How comment section Hayden? of these stories. He's a very reasonable guy. He'll, yeah. he'll listen to reasoned arguments. Barrett yeah. Hayden's a great example where, yes. he, where, where his rankings and talking about what, what has changed in his game. Uh, but that I, ability to adjust would make him uh, never a candidate to be the Penguins GM. <laughs> Once you make a bad decision, you have to just dig your heels in if you're the Penguins GM. Although I, I did, this is not quite prospects, but I did get, I did smile when I saw that one of Craig's articles got tweeted out by the Athletic, and they mentioned, and it was about Brad Richardson, and they mentioned the word fantasy in there. So I know that made Craig really happy. There's a list of fantasy football rankings over here. Do you want me to read them? Fantasy. <laughs> well, uh, that's no disturbing. comment. Uh, <laughs> and moving see, right along, did you see Chris? Uh, Chris sent Brad us Richardson a, discusses his. Never mind. No, no, I, it's not getting better. It's not getting better. I am actually looking for a slight readership bump on that story. So, yeah, you so should read about Brad Richardson's fantasy. It's well below the gray. I don't <laughs> think. what we call that. I, gray out. I don't think that's going to boost readership. No? It may be. Well, I'm, I'm now more intrigued. I don't think really. it's going to bring up the readers you want. Uh, hey, clicks are clicks. Did you see Chris? <laughs> that's right, baby. Did you see subscribers Chris? are subscribers, You're man. Get different questions in the Q&A next time, so you can't, uh, you can't can say you, anything. Can you talk about this Brad Richardson fantasy that you yeah. brought up? You Maybe I'll ask Richie next time I see him. Let Richie do one of your Q and A's. Like, mm-hmm. let him answer. Oh, be terrified. That would be no, awesome. awesome. Although we, you know, we as you, we don't have many filters at the Athletic, which no. is a, it's a good thing. We it, were it would be your last, your last uh, Q and A, probably, but it would be <laughs> the best. Uh, did you see Chris's podcast logo design for us last week? Have you looked, Craig? Do you yeah. care about the listeners at all? It's a pretty good design. Wow, Jamie had it pulled hey. up. Yeah, he, he Chris, DM- Chris, Chris signs. signs. Yeah, okay. yeah, he uh, DM'd me. 
Oh, he DM'd you a better one? I like that. Well, that's the one. It's basically just a... Oh, okay. Slightly, yeah, cool. same, basically the okay. same one as last week, but just slightly. Uh, yeah, I like that. He yeah. did write in... Um, Since we can use it for whatever we need. Yeah, so that's at Chris Signs on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, he wrote in, the original plan was four lights, an additional one for Napkin Jamie. Everyone was worried about what Joe Thornton would do when he saw the fourth goal that's light, true. though. That's a, that's a very... That's good for... That, well, you know what Joe Thornton's fantasy is. We don't know what Brad Richardson's mm, fantasy is. I really is. want to wrap this show up. Mm-hmm. Uh, last question. Okay. Nom de non. Kept mentioning... We kept mentioning the Coyotes' blue line can help them be contenders if young players like Hayton progress. Apart from OEL and Chikrin, every single blue liner's contract expires for UFA in the next two seasons. Um, not really a question. Yeah. But. I mean, look, you have, you have three guys that are going to be in their mid to late 30s at that point. Goligoski will be 36. Jarmuson will be 34. Uh, Demers will be 33. Osterley, you like, but I don't know. If that's a that's not a key piece in the long term of your franchise. So this, this won't be the exact blue line in 2022. No, no. you're hoping Soderstrom's, Soderstrom's ready there. by then. So that's yeah. one guy that moves up on the right side. OEL and Chikrin will be here. So you're you're looking for probably another person for your top four at that point. And maybe it's still one of those guys. Yeah, maybe on, it's sh- on a shorter term deal or Thomason. Yeah. I mean, it could still be Jalmerson. What he's thirty, he'll be thirty-four then. A yeah, L- lot of miles on that body, but yeah, yeah a lot of miles but, on the body, but also just a training. He's so, man. he's a yeah. physical specimen. Yeah, he's their best defenseman last year. His body, if, he's the best defenseman last year. I mean, yeah, he was, he was so good. So if he's your second pairing defense, if if that's your top four in three years, Soderstrom, Oliver, Chikrin, Jalmerson, yeah, that's and you can fill out the rest of your. You know, well, yeah, Kevin Ball and, maybe ready. Yeah. Yeah. You know, see, Cal Cabobianco could be a guy. I mean, you're talking you about could third fill out your, defense. Yeah, you could fill out your third pair. You're allowed to yeah. sign yeah. people. Osterley yeah. still be bad. And trade. Jake Gardner still won't be signed at that point, so Correct. he could be an option yeah. to be available. All right. Uh, that's it. Craig, do you have any final thoughts? How did it feel to come back and do the show? Uh, <laughs> I regret asking this it's, question. Uh, it's uh, great to see you guys again. <laughs> Invigorating. It's nice to finally meet. The other ducks. Yeah. Well, well, well some only of them. one duck. I want to filter bring them, them in. one at a time. time yeah. The ones that aren't. He looks like he misses car. the other ducks. That he's he does. You know, his only family. He's, he's worried about them because it's 115 degrees outside and they're in Luke's car. No, he just looks they sad are, because they, we named they, him. Yeah, probably sitting in Luke's car. Right I now. cracked the are window. They... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I didn't. I don't know. <laughs> they can handle it. Trust me. The ducks will be here next week. There are laws about this, you know. No, there aren't. There are no duck laws. Jamie, do you have any final thoughts? Nah, never mind. All right. For Craig Morgan and Jamie Eisner, I'm Luke Lipinski. Thanks for listening to the Natural Hattrick Podcast. Fantasy!